Hello and welcome to Voices of Bluescope, the podcast where we go behind the scenes at Bluescope to meet the people who create strength every day. I'm your host, Martin Feld. Thank you for listening. Over the course of this podcast series, we have featured a range of stories from our diverse people around the world. This month, we're featuring some consecutive episodes with one-on-one interviews on the specific topic of migration. In each instalment, you'll hear a conversation with a Blue Scope person who has moved to Australia, learning where they've come from, what it was like to relocate to a new country, and what has motivated and challenged them over time, along with the different ways of thinking that they've brought to work. In this episode, you'll meet Jagdeep Singh, Head of Strategy and Transformation. He explains his move from India to Australia, what motivates him, and his experience working in different roles across a range of businesses. I joined Blue Scope in September 2014. Yeah, I applied for a um, couple of reasons. Right? I applied for a role um, of an enterprise applications manager at that point in ASPIT. I was in Melbourne and I've been in Melbourne for 14 years and uh, was looking to um, really get out of my comfort zone in terms of my previous experience to um, a, a newer industry uh, and, and a very different, uh, I guess, move from what I was doing. And Blue Scope came my way. So not only I joined Blue Scope, I moved from Melbourne to Port Kembla for this new role. Yeah. That's great. So you were entering a new industry. When you came from Melbourne, what was your experience or industrial exposure? Where had you been working? What were you coming from to enter Bluescope? I was, you know, my previous working life was with organizations like, you know, West Farmers and its brands. So, you know, Bunnings and Coles and Kmart and Officeworks, um, Target. So that, those were the, my experiences. So predominantly, in that retail sector, but across across the kind of departments of merchandising, marketing, loss and risk, new product development, you know, store operations. I opened at, at one point. I opened office work stores. Yeah, and prior to that, I was in, as a, a consultant with PwC and also spent a little bit of time teaching a few things at uh, University of Melbourne. Right, so that was. That was kind of my experience, but not in heavy manufacturing in, uh, industry, right, or in a mining industry. So I was looking to kind of test myself a little bit outside of my comfort zone. So, you know, I've worked in these industries and sorry, insurance was another part that I worked with in Best Farmers. So I'd kind of done this retail and insurance and academics and consulting. So it's something different, right? So retail, nothing different than manufacturing and that to steel manufacturing and that too in Australia. So I guess those were the reasons um, for me to kind of take that leap from uh, in a comfort zone to a bit of uh, unknown, I guess. So you've mentioned getting out of your comfort zone. Yeah. What can you recall about joining Blue Scope? And did you find it to be quite a shock? What was it like to enter this industry and what are your early memories? Yeah, I think the 
you know, my, my very first memory is uh, trying to find the Port Kembla uh, Vega building, it was called at that point, uh, in ASPIT. took me three hours to find it. My second um, next memory is to um, actually the, you know, first floor of uh, Vega building and uh, looking at the state of bathrooms. And I was wondering where I'm, what I'm getting into. Um, that, that is kind of some of my <laughs> first memories. My second memories are uh, when I uh, was in the process of relocation. I remember having a call from uh, from Larry um, Howard, who was the CIO at that time, and saying, "Jag, I've got a good news and a bad news." And the, and the good news is that I've still got a role for you. The bad news is that the role that you're coming for is not going to exist within the three months. Yeah? So you can imagine me on a Hume Highway with my family. My wife quit my job uh, and I've taken that kind of risk. So those are kind of, you know, some first emotions, you know, and you kind of, oh, my God, you know, what, what have you done? And then you kind of flip that around to where I am right now in my almost nine years, I've had like 10 plus different roles, a variety of uh, opportunities, um, you know, that has pushed me out of my comfort zone. And my growth has been immense in terms of my learning and my confidence. And, uh, uh, you know, if, if you ask me now, as the, as the risk kind of paid off, I think it's paid off many times over. Yeah. That's a fantastic story, that very clear story sort of driving on the highway with this concern. But it's all turned out. <laughs> correct, correct. And I think it's a matter of perspective too, right? I, uh, and, and maybe there's an angle of perhaps the most opportunities come when times are a little bit tough and difficult yeah, at a personal level and at an organisational level too. So remember 2014, 15 was also time of when we were going through strive to thrive in blue scope world. Um, there was time we were looking at, you know, plan A, plan B in terms of, you know, whether we're going to keep Port Campbell open or not, right? So this is essentially one year of me joining into an organization. I'm on to my second role already. And, um, you know, we, we were at, as an organization at that point in a bit of a, you know, uh, tough times, but also an uh, time where we were looking at opportunities to turn it around, right? And some of my early roles were those opportunities that came my way and essentially a bit of tap on the shoulders like, do you want to do that? And absolutely, I said, I want to do that. And I think those things turned into, you know, some of uh, the foundations from a technology perspective now that we're reaping some of rewards of. And those early decisions and those early kind of risk opportunities um, have really shaped me and my career. The way that you've spoken about your career development or transitioning to so many different roles, that's really intriguing because I think a lot of the time you see things in job ads from various companies saying that there are career development opportunities, but in your case, you've shared those multiple roles. Can you talk a little bit about those roles and maybe give some context for what it means to work in IT or digital, the kind of role that you're doing? Because people might have more of an image of heavy manufacturing or engineering. They might not have this association with the digital somewhere like Blue Scope. There's few. That's a that's a that's a big question, Martin. Right. So there's few angles to this. Right. One is I think my career has been defined by people 
or, or my kind of leaders and bosses taking a chance on me and I feel like that. And maybe in that broader topic of inclusion and uh, and diversity then we talk about, right, a lot of it is around someone taking a chance on you and 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 then you developing a credibility to be a part of uh, a, a broader inner circle, right? Uh, that 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 gives you then the opportunities to to show your, I guess, skills and also to learn, right? So it's a two way two way street. So so my career is being defined by that. Um, although I am right now in IT and a lot of my academic background is engineering and IT and then business, I guess. But I have been in and out of business in the sense I've been in business roles and I've been in a technology. Uh, roles in blue scope i guess the nine years have been predominantly technology uh, or delivering uh, and in the last four years when i was working on program avenue delivering avenue it is a technology project but then i was working i was seconded out of it to work with uh, martin ryan uh, and the business improvement team to deliver that project so so my variety of roles that i've had is in technology perspective from managing all the 800 uh, applications that we've got in the um, in the in our IT world to being the first innovation manager. This was six seven years ago when innovation still wasn't that that of a buzzword. So we tried that, and out of that came some future technologies like what our future major systems are going to look like, what our future data platforms are going to look like, what we call in, in IT um, integration technology, so how two systems talk to each other and what sort of modern platforms going to be on that. One of our, my early success was an opportunity to work with Christy and uh, Michael Ray and team around uh, an employee engagement platform, so workplace that we use um, was one of the first thing that you know me and my team delivered, and we delivered it globally at that point, right? Uh, including say China, right? So we got it working for our employees in China. So I guess those were some of the early roles. Um, then I have looked after um, IT project management space, a PMO office. I have looked after IT strategy and architecture. Then I went away to run Avenir for four years. Um, and I've now come back into a technology as um, looking after a strategy, architecture, and some major transformation programs or governing the major transformation programs. So I guess, you know, in my eight, and t- eight nine years, I've had my fingers in many pies. I've learned from many things uh, that I never had the exposure before. And I've been able to do a lot of these the sideway moments with a couple of promotions in there. And so it has been it's been very fulfilling in that sense. Um, I hope I've answered the question. Yeah. Oh, you've more than answered it. And just 800 applications alone early in that answer sounded very daunting. Yeah, that's the, depending on who you talk to, right? There are there are people who will argue we've got more than eight hundred, and there are people who will say it's probably around six hundred mark. But I'll I'll go with eight hundred. Huh? Wow. Well, six hundred would still be scary. I'd like to know what is it that motivates you in your work? All these different things that you do, and on top of that, what are some things that you think you bring 
in terms of different thinking, whether it's your working background, skills you've accumulated, what motivates you and what's different about what you do? Uh, I think the the angle of delivery and credibility um, and, and credibility through delivery is the kind of the, the motivating factor always. Right? And, and yes, we talk about ambition and growth and you know money and success. Uh, but for me personally, you know, at, at some deeper level, I need to be confident and I need to be uh, at peace with myself in terms of my ability to deliver, right? And my ability to then build credibility on that delivery experience for others, right? So that's 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 kind of the motivating factor. There's a motivating factor, uh, subconscious motivating factor around personal life, right? So I grew up in India. I was a civil engineer to start with. Started my way in terms of a career there. Then I moved to Australia. So there's a personal story around it to do my master's here. And then I struggled here to get a job. And then I, you know, finally got a job and work. So there's a story of um, the personal story of kind of trying to succeed and trying to make uh, sure you can navigate the, the modern corporate world and show people through your hard work that you are capable of delivering things. So there's that underlying story, um, but that underlying story is still based on delivery and credibility, right? Uh, so, so, so that's um, probably the, the main angle from my side. And I've missed what was your, well, there was a second question to your original question, Martin, so I've missed that one. Yeah. Well, that's okay. I think you've actually answered them very neatly together. It was about not only what motivated you, but how you think differently. So in terms of difference, would you say that you bring something different because of your background overseas? Does that play into it a bit? I think absolutely, right? So there are, and and again, in everyone's life, there are personal experiences and personal movement moments, right, that shape you. And that's been true in my case, in many ways, um, as an as an as an immigrant, right, to a new country, a new way of living, a new culture, um, and to be able to adapt and adjust and being relevant, uh, and then, you know, perhaps in the last, you know, I'd say five to ten years, a lot more confidence uh, and and that feeling of uh, acceptance, right? And the feeling of being included on both sides, you know, me being included and, and I having that thought process where I am equally inclusive in my discussions, right? Uh, so, so all that, uh, you know, comes into play, but that personal story of struggling through many things and, and navigating those personal situations with, you know, I know we throw the words around resilience and persistence, but that's probably been the personal life. And that then absolutely uh, builds you and shape you into how you want to go about in your work life. And now that I have, you know, 25 years of experience and some things have taken time to show results, but it have eventually. Uh, and then it becomes a bit of a, uh, you know, a self-fulfilling thing in the sense of you you start getting more confidence in your own self-awareness system to say, hey, what I am doing over a long period of time 
has now materialized and is giving me results. So I do need to keep strengthening that system. And the feedback that you get from your peers, your managers, your you know your leaders um, to adjust on the edges, right? And and that keeps you, and and then you adjust on the edges and and again you you kind of you know it's a it's a it's a the innovation cycle of you kind of building a lot more strength to your brand uh, you know, at, at, at that point. Yeah. So I hope I answered the question. Yeah. You certainly answered it. And I have one more question for you. Yeah. A lot of people throw phrases around like, oh, you never stop learning in life. Don't ever stop learning. Don't ever stop being open to new ideas. You sound like someone who really embodies that idea. You talk about adjusting self-awareness, even words like innovation cycle, very digital specific stuff, but it sounds like you're even applying it to yourself. Are there any things in your working life or maybe outside of work that you're still learning or that you still want to learn? Absolutely, right? So as I kind of, you know, try to navigate what's next, right, in a career sense, for example, right, and and how do, how do I say, you know, take that next step, right? It is at the margins, right? So my leaders and my peers and my mentors tell me it is at the margins, right? So your adjustments is always on the margins. Uh, some of the things that have worked for me very well, for example, is... I'm a relationships person, right? So I try to build a lot of one-on-one relationships. And in IT, uh, you know, people talk about Jag has a coffee budget. Uh, and, and I invest in that and that buys back. But even that system needs constant adjustments, right, to, to make sure that that stays relevant. So the learning, learning piece is around trying to adjust, right? So I'm, I'm pro- probably not heavily focused on the strengths versus weakness concepts. I'm more focused on if I have strengths, then how do I make sure I keep taking my strengths to the next level and make sure I am aware of the weaknesses that they don't become a roadblocker for me, right? Because, f- for example, I, I'm never going to become a, a six-foot charmer who can walk into the room and the room will and i will hold the attention right so i i know <laughs> what my weakness is for example right uh, but i need to be aware of that to manage and make sure i can play to my strengths right and my my strengths are around long-term relationships and and delivery through credibility um and but at the same time what works at the level that I am right now will not work at the next level, right? So I do need to shift and lift. Um, and that's not necessarily articulated by words. Um, as my kind of managers and leaders tell me, it's tinkering at the edges and it's effort on the margins that I need to kind of continuously do and then see, test and calibrate. So again, a lot of uh, innovation words, Martin. Yeah? As I said, it's great that you're embodying them and displaying them. I think that's a great message as well for people listening to focus on your strengths and taking them from strength to strength rather than focusing on weaknesses. As we wrap up this episode, is there anything that you'd like to mention that we haven't discussed or I haven't asked you about? Um, just maybe on the topic of inclusion. I think it's, um, it's a two-way street. And sometimes it can be seen as a one-way street, 
while us as a part of a social system and part of an organization uh, you know have to do many things to make sure people feel included and and i think when they when pe- when people say feel included a lot of migrants will say included in the inner circle right and that's important the 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 flip side of that is that as a person we also have to make adjustments and be aware of um what we need to do to adjust and we also need to be aware of our own biases perhaps subconscious positions um you know that we perhaps take very lightly uh, on sometimes yeah so maybe that's that's probably one thing i would i would mention yeah so be aware of your own subconscious bias and do what you can as an individual as well correct absolutely yeah well this has been a great conversation thank you so much jag for joining the podcast it's been wonderful to hear your story and what you think about working life at blue scope and beyond yeah thank you martin thanks for the opportunity too We thank Jagdeep for sharing his personal story and hope that you found it valuable too. Make sure to check the links in show notes for more information about what you just heard. And to discover more of our people and their stories, visit bluescope.com, Bluescope on LinkedIn, and TV Bluescope on YouTube. Thank you for listening to Voices of Bluescope. Until next time.